Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome, friends, to another r slash am I the jerk video. We've got a lot of questions to ponder here, but the one question I have for you is could you hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our first story of the day is by Hey Gus. Am I the jerk for coming in hot when I arrived home and saw my father-in-law in his outside shoes on our brand new carpeting again? So this happened last night. My wife and I had some people at our house to meet our new niece. Nothing big, a few aunts, a cousin or two, and father-in-law. Two weeks ago, we just finished a whole house remodel. We had our kitchen entirely redone, our hardwood floor sanded and restained, and had new carpeting installed throughout the house. Everything looks fantastic and my wife is beyond pleased. So I came home from work and was the last to arrive. I came in the door and the first thing I see upon entering is my father-in-law sitting in the living room on the couch, shoes on his feet. Now this has been an issue with him for about the last 10 years. He has refused to take off his shoes in anyone's house, stating they're his feet and he wants them covered. So I said a quick hello and then said, Hey, father-in-law, this is brand new carpeting. We don't wear shoes in here. Here, I'll even take them so you don't have to get up. He looks up at me from the couch and says, No, you need to drop this. This pissed me off a bit. This is not a new discussion and my wife and I's opinion on this is well known. I told him this wasn't a new rule and repeated the offer to take them and put them away for him. He got even more upset and asked me if I wanted him to leave and I told him no, I just want you to respect us and our house rules. He refused. By now, everyone was watching this exchange, my wife looked distressed, and my father-in-law wasn't budging, so I kind of awkwardly said hello again to everyone and went upstairs. After about 10 minutes, my wife came upstairs pretty pissed and told me I'm being a jerk and I need to apologize. I felt I did come in a little hot and came down and apologized to father-in-law but reiterated that the rule still stood. About 10 minutes after that, he left, earlier than everyone else, and after barely spending any time with his granddaughter. I know this is going to be discussed throughout my wife's family. My wife's aunt has probably already called everyone and told them everything. I feel I was in the wrong, not at least greeting everybody before engaging father-in-law, but he was the first thing I saw walking in the door. He knows this is a hot button with me, and he knows his daughter and I have argued in the past about me requesting him to take off his shoes in our house, and me getting upset when he refuses. We still have guests here, and I'm sitting here waiting for a discussion with my wife when they leave. She thinks I shouldn't have approached him in front of everybody, and shouldn't have been rude about it. So, am I the jerk? In my opinion, I would say that OP is not a jerk. I think in almost any culture in the world, whether you're talking about the classic culture of taking your shoes off before entering a house in Japan, or all those stories you've heard of grandma's house where you have to leave your shoes outside the door, I feel like it's a pretty common thing to understand that when you're visiting somebody else's house and they have a rule that you don't wear shoes in their house, it's a pretty understandable request that you should follow. And like OP said, this is a repeated issue. 
So, do you guys think it's fair for OP to come in a little hot-headed seeing them wearing shoes after this has already been an ongoing thing in the past? Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Maybe he's worried that his feet reek. Our next story is by Careful Feature 1277 Am I the jerk refusing to take in family members with a toddler on a long-term basis? I've, 40-year-old male, been asked to take in my nephew, 23, his wife, 23, and their toddler, as the house they were renting from another family member is going to be sold. That was never a permanent place. They knew they would need to move out when it went on the market. They can't afford to buy a place of their own. My mother's insisting that since I live in a three-bedroom house with my wife, 38, and pets, we have two rooms free and should let them move in, as that's what family's for. This is not the case. One room is an office slash hobby room that's used regularly as my wife is work from home. The other room is the size of a closet and used for storage. We're child free so my house is not child proof and there's so many things that will need to be changed just to accommodate them. I'll need to pack away and put away my figurines as we all know toddlers like to touch everything. It's been suggested we build an office in the back garden and give them those two rooms. Apart from all this, the time frame is till they can buy a house? They say two years max, but we feel it's going to be five years or forever. Having a child in the house changes everything. It seems we're being asked to change our lifestyle because we don't have kids and because we live in a three-bedroom. And I don't want to, so am I the jerk? I definitely feel for OP because I feel like this is going to be a messy family fighting thing, but I don't think OP's the jerk at all. Like anybody that does go out of their way to take family members in like that, God bless them. They have a bigger heart than a lot of people do. But it's also not fair to OP and their wife to just change their lives up, change their living situation, which hopefully they're comfortable with, and uproot themselves for years with an asterisk written on the end of that to accommodate his nephew's family. They might try to put so much guilt and blame and frustration on you but in no way is it OP's fault or OP's problem. This next story is by OKGolf1336. Am I the jerk for refusing to go to my sister's fifth birthday party and not elaborating? I, 23-year-old female, and my brother had very different upbringings. My parents were never around for me or had time for me. I would be sent to my grandma's or my aunts and uncles would look after me. When I turned of age, I stayed home. They would leave me dinner unless they added things onto the shopping list for them to buy so I could make my own dinner. I was the classic case of, she's mature for her age, so I didn't really know any different and my upbringing didn't bother me up until I started dating my now boyfriend of three years. I basically realized that my childhood has left some deep wounds that I've just been ignoring and I've been attending therapy. I've been sheltered and very protected from the world. I was never allowed to go anywhere by myself and had a curfew which forbade me from leaving the house after sunset, which I stupidly stuck to. I didn't have any control over my own money, no bank account until I reached 17 even though I got birthday and Christmas money from relatives. My therapist prescribed me with antidepressants and I meet her every week and I think I'm getting better. I'm less anxious, I care less about disappointing people and overall I'm healing. My sister was the complete opposite. Both of my parents quit their jobs and burned through their savings to be at home for her. They see her all the time. Lots of hugs and being told she's loved. Not once have they ever said to me. I know she's only five, but at the rate my parents are acting, I may as well be a random child to them. 
They never phoned me or tried to contact me, and I've made my peace with that now. For my last birthday, they sent me a card. I feel like if I didn't call first, I would basically be non-existent to them. I don't even have a room at home anymore because it's now my sister's. All of my things are crammed into my tiny flat I have in my uni city. Why my parents bought a new house but with only two bedrooms will always amaze me. My sister's fifth birthday is soon, and my parents asked me to come down for it, but I refused. I don't want to undo the progress I've made in therapy, and I don't want to cause a scene on her birthday, so I figured it would be better to stay out of it and come back when I'm in a better headspace. They won't take no for an answer and keep messaging me and calling me rude. I told them that I'm busy with university and will come down to celebrate at another time, but they believe there's nothing more important than her birthday. I don't want to tell them that I'm in therapy because of them, as they don't believe in therapy since it's a waste of money when you can discuss things like adults. So, am I the jerk? I think OP is by far not the jerk. I think you could never be the jerk if you're focusing on choosing your mental health and sanity over going to some family event. The only time I think you would be obligated to go to that is if you really wanted to go. Our next story is by QuirkyEb3716. Am I the jerk for putting a stop to a weekly house guest that's family? My husband and I are both on marriage number two and both have children from previous marriages, but none together. He's over a decade older than me and has much older children than I do. My stepdaughter lives an hour away with her family. She works part-time, which is always at the end of the week and the weekend. Her work is located near our home, so she would stay with us each week. We also have a business at our home, so we have an influx of people and traffic all week. My husband runs the business and I work from home for another company. My stepdaughter works long shifts and would arrive at our home anytime from 8.30pm to 2am. This would be from Thursday to Sunday depending on our shifts for the week. My husband and I both work Monday to Friday days. This was frustrating to me as I felt this was exactly when we were trying to wind down from the workday, or if on the weekend, from the work week. It was also every week and every weekend. After a long day or a week of work, I didn't want company, especially the end of every week and weekend. I asked my husband to see if she could perhaps stay elsewhere every second week at least to give a bit of a break. Also, if we had a special day like a birthday or anniversary or even Valentine's Day, I would have to mention to him to ask her to stay elsewhere or we would end up spending the evening with her. This made me quite uncomfortable in my own home. I didn't feel like I could relax knowing that we would be having company arrive at any time. Also, she would come in while we were sitting watching TV and go on her phone with the volume turned high and all notifications on. Every message she received would result in a ding. The sounds were so loud that if she was in the bedroom with the door closed, I could hear it elsewhere in the house. I'm ADHD and these noises would really get to me. I had repeatedly asked my husband to speak to her about different things and although he said he would, he never did. However, she apparently picked up on my irritation and mentioned to him that she didn't feel comfortable to which he immediately addressed with me. I lost it. I told him that it's ridiculous that she feels that entitled that she can complain to him that she doesn't feel comfortable in our house in which she's staying a few times a week for nothing. This resulted in several arguments, but after many talks, he did seem to understand my point of view. 
He finally talked to her one day and told her I wasn't comfortable with her staying at our home every week, to which her response was asking why my son, male 19, was still able to stay here. She's since been staying elsewhere, and it's been nice to have our privacy back. However, I'm left wondering if I'm the jerk. So I looked in the comments, and there's a very, very important piece of information OP left out. The stepdaughter is 36 years old. OP is definitely not the jerk. This is a totally grown woman doing this. Our next story is by Tattooed Noob AITA. Am I the jerk for getting mad my artist hid their initials in my tattoo? I went to a tattoo shop in my area with a photo of the tattoo I wanted. It was one my dad had gotten to honor my past grandfather, whose father also had it. But the point is, it was important to me that the tattoo looked exactly as it did in the photo. I get to the shop, I explain everything, I pay, get the tattoo, and we're done. I think it looks awesome, everything is great, until a few weeks later when I show my great-grandmother the tattoo. She's static, grabs my arm to look at it and compliment it, then asks, Who's AJ? I ask her what she means, and she points out on the tattoo where the initials A and J, or maybe T, were hidden in the tattoo. I'm instantly pissed as my artist's name is Alice Trevor. She tries to assure me it's no big deal if I hadn't noticed it till now, but I still reached out to the artist sort of irritated. They told me the style of art I got is called traditional and it's pretty trad for all artists who do that style to do it. I demanded a partial refund and they refused, so I complained to the owner who made the artist give me a full refund. Now the artist is running a full smear campaign talking about moving shops and all kinds of crap. My sister says I'm the jerk for pushing the issue, but I feel like at the end of the day I told you exactly what I wanted and you didn't do that. Am I the jerk? In my opinion, in no conceivable way could OP be the jerk. In my opinion, I'm imagining this happening to me and a full refund is like a light thing like they should be paying me compensation on top of a full refund for like emotional damage from being so pissed that they put their initials on my arm. How messed up is that? I'd feel like a branded cow or something stupid. I legitimately think somebody who goes and does that should never be allowed to work in any proper tattoo parlor again. This next story is by Nora Rodriguez 26 Am I the jerk for leaving my husband at the clinic and driving off? I, female 26, have been together with my husband Austin, male 35, for three years. He was married before me but divorced his ex-wife because she couldn't have kids. Ever since I became pregnant, he did a complete 180. He became obsessed by constantly watching my every move and breathing down my neck. He even hung photos of the sonogram. He also came up with a list of what I'm allowed and not allowed to do, like not driving, not eating certain foods, not working, but I stood my ground and continued working, also not wearing high heels or watching certain shows or seeing family unless precautions were taken. It's been exhausting for me already, but he's made it 10 times worse. Yesterday, he woke me up at 7am and said we had to go to the doctor. I asked why since I wasn't feeling sick and he said he just had a hunch and I had to skip work and go with him to the appointment just to make sure because he felt something was wrong. I said no but he went and called my boss and took the day off for me. I was just speechless but decided to just go get it over with. We got there and he kept scolding me for things I did the night before that might have caused a problem but literally there was no problem. 
The doctor told us that, but he asked her to check again, and she did. He then asked her to check again, then again. I couldn't take it when he asked her again. I just got up, took my bag, and walked out and left him arguing with the doc. I got into the car and went home immediately. He kept calling, then came home, and started yelling at me for leaving in the middle of my examination, and then leaving him at the clinic. I blew up and told him I couldn't stand his obsession anymore and that his paranoia made me feel paranoid and is beginning to affect my social life, mental and physical health, and my livelihood. He looked at me, then said I hurt him with what I said and that he was just trying to make sure the baby was fine and I was being aggressive and irresponsible towards him and the baby this entire time. He said I was acting like a neglectful mother when the baby isn't even here yet, then left and turned his phone off. This morning, he's acting distant and is expecting some sort of apology for what I did. Am I the jerk? Am I overreacting? I think OP's definitely not the jerk. There's cautious, and then there's overly paranoid, and this guy is definitely overly paranoid. Like, I think it's great that they're trying to go to every length they can to make sure the baby's safe and the mom is safe, but like, let the people breathe and, you know, have a life. You can't stick them in a bubble. And I feel like if anybody knows when there might be an issue that you need to go to the doctor for, it might be the mom that's actually carrying the baby. Our next story is by Wazatojer12. Am I the jerk for banning my dad from bringing my mom to my wedding? So I, 24-year-old male, am getting married this summer to my beautiful fiancé Holly, 25-year-old female. I'm an only child. My mom and dad, I always felt like, had a very good relationship from the outside. But when I was 14, my mom cheated on my dad with a family friend, absolutely broke my dad, and my mom became almost unrecognizable afterwards. She was a great mom and always felt like she was affectionate with my dad, but she became cold right after everything came out. My parents tried counseling, but my dad couldn't look at her. The divorce was horrible. My mom went after my dad so hard, tried to get majority custody, tried to financially screw him over too. And on top of everything, she kept dating the family friend. I told her from day one that I wouldn't be dealing with her anymore if she kept dating that guy. So around 15, I started living with my dad full time. He was still in a vulnerable spot, but together we started working out and doing things to keep him busy. It took years, but my dad got back to his old self. I spoke to my mom occasionally, even though she lived a couple blocks away. She would call all the time and try to meet up but I basically told her to screw off and to start a new family because I had no interest in being around somebody like her. Well, nine months ago, me and Holly got engaged. My dad asked if I planned on letting my mom know. I told him I didn't and I wouldn't be inviting her to the wedding. Well, I guess he took it upon himself to call up my mom and inform her and then they started talking. Three months ago, I show up to my dad's and my mom and him are there. They sit me down and tell me that they've been dating. I called him dumb, pathetic, and reminded him of all the things mom did to him. How she's only probably back because she's out of money and places to go. My mom tried to intervene, and I told her to shut the freak up. I told my dad that he can do whatever he wants, but I'm not going to sit by and support it. And we worked together to get him back, so I felt like he wasn't valuing himself or me. My mom's been trying to get an invite to the wedding, but I told my dad it's simple. Your invite is a solo invite with mom. A plus one if you bring any other human being. My dad is distraught according to relatives because he feels like he has to choose between his only kid and his wife. I told my dad that it was going to be like this from now on. 
any holiday would be a solo invite. I wouldn't be bringing my grandkids around his house if my mom was there, so he needed to think carefully. My mom's side of the family started trashing me, so I uninvited all the relatives that were giving me crap on my mom's side. My fiancé is totally understanding, but we want to make sure, so we made this post. Am I the jerk? I mean, this was somebody in your important developmental years that totally left you upset and struggling and gave you the cold shoulder. And by someone, I mean your own mom of all people. I think OP's not the jerk. And again, this isn't about their dad and their dad's choices and even the fact that they're dating them. It's solely because OP does not want to be around them. And that's 100% something that OP has every right to do. This next story is by Stupid Chair Throwaway. Am I the jerk for refusing to use the gaming chair my stepfather brought? I'm 16 year old male, my stepfather has a son, 8 from his previous marriage, and he's annoying. Always gets into my room, uses and takes my stuff even after I tell him not to steal from me, stomps his feet like a freaking baby and destroys stuff when he doesn't get what he wants, until my mother and his dad give up and he gets what he wanted. Last week, he got into my room again, I'm not allowed to lock my door, and wanted to use my laptop. I was still napping and he woke me up, so I was already pissed from just that. When I said no when he began his whole tantrum, I just snapped and screamed at him to get the freak out of my room. Stunned him for one Mississippi second before he screamed back and kicked my chair, breaking one of the armrests off. That chair was my late dad's. It's one of the only things of his I still have left because the rest were sold when we moved to stepfather's place because there's no room. I haven't talked to anyone in the house since, because my mother and her husband still refuse to give that little crap more than a half-hearted scolding. I've started to use my drawer and desk to block the door when I'm in the room, and apparently it's a big freaking deal and a fire hazard. Stepfather bought me a gaming chair to replace my dad's, but I left it out in the living room. I don't want his freaking bribe. And it's not even a good bribe. It's one of those cheap, flimsy gaming chairs that'll fall apart after just two hours. So even with duct tape, my dad's still a higher quality than that junk. Now everyone's mad at me and I'm grounded because I'm being petulant. I think OP's not a jerk. They're kind of dealing with a lot right now. There's a lot of emotions tied into that chair. OP's not getting recognized the way they need to and not being validated. And most importantly, a 16-year-old is not getting the privacy that they need. I don't blame OP for moving their furniture in front of the door. If OP's strong enough to move that furniture back and forth in front of that door, if a fire does break out, they're going to be able to move it probably pretty quickly. And here's a bright idea for the parents. If it's that much of a concern, let them lock their door. They're 16 years old. Our next story is by IcyTiger79. Am I the jerk for taking my babies on the quiet carriage for a train ride? Me and my twins, nine months, were traveling to see family and went by a train. I lined the trip up with their nap schedule, so by the time we arrived at the station, they were asleep in their stroller. I first entered a normal carriage, but there were child screaming, loud talking, music playing with no headphones, etc. I didn't want to deal with that for the three-hour ride or risk the babies waking up. So I moved to the next carriage, which happened to be a quiet carriage. There were maybe 10 people in this carriage, and I could tell they weren't happy seeing the babies. No blame, I understood their concern. I sat in the seats closest to the doors, so if the babies woke up, I could leave. One lady in particular, three rows up, was sending me death stares. But I just settled in and ignored her. She came up to me before we'd even departed and told me it was a quiet carriage. 
I told her I knew and would move if we made any noise. She tried telling me kids weren't allowed in these carriages, not true, but I just repeated what I said earlier and smiled until she walked away. About an hour into the ride, one of the babies makes a noise in their sleep. It lasted a second and was quieter than if someone were to have sneezed, coughed, etc., which had happened, yet I didn't say anything, nor did anyone. The lady from earlier bolted right up, came up to me, and told me I had to go. She said I had violated the quiet carriage noises and made an attempt to grab my stroller. I hid her hand away, told her to not touch my stroller that my two kids were in, and told her to leave us alone. I told her that her water bottle filled with ice was making more noise than I was, and her scolding at me right now was more of a distraction. She left and came back with a train worker because I was apparently violating the quiet car rules. At this stage, my babies were awake, yet still not crying or fussing. The worker told the lady I wasn't breaking any rules and to go back to her seat. The rest of the trip went as planned, no noises from the babies. When I told my family this interaction, most told me that it was obvious kids aren't supposed to be in the carriage and I should have left. I thought it was fine since they're quiet, it wasn't an official rule or even suggested, and I'd seen parents use the quiet carriage before to breastfeed, during nap time, etc. Am I the jerk? That lady that came up to OP is a colossal witch, and I feel like it's more than fair considering the kids were asleep that there's an understanding if they start making noise, don't worry, I'll get right out of here. But no, this lady has to get up off her butt and be more of a distraction than it would be if the kids just quietly slept or quietly sat there for the train ride. Our next story is by Hatchstrange6226. Am I the jerk for uninviting my girlfriend from mountain climbing? I, 25-year-old male, am an active mountain climber. I've been climbing mountains since I was in elementary school, and I've summited a few fairly difficult ones both in the US and abroad. My girlfriend, 21-year-old female, is not really in shape and we generally don't share this hobby, but I've taken her on a couple of small hikes and she legitimately seemed to enjoy them. Earlier this year, I decided to make a trip a couple of states over to climb a mountain of about 4,000 meters. I've done it before and technically it is an easy climb. When I announced this to my girlfriend, she said that she wanted to come too. At first, I was hesitant because, again, she's far from being in decent shape. I told her that 4,000 meters is pretty hard and she would have to start training for it immediately. She agreed, so I added her into the travel and hotel arrangements, assuming she'd stick to the training plan. Ten weeks have passed and she's done next to nothing in preparation. If anything, she's gained weight in this time period and gotten into even worse shape. She said it's because she's working from home and can't really muster the energy to get out and train, but I've gotten increasingly anxious over it. With the trip five weeks out, I called her last night to tell her that I was canceling her ticket. She first promised that she'd start getting ready right away and practically hung up on me to go train. I cancelled all the accommodations I reserved for her in the meantime because five weeks of preparation is not enough. When she called me back an hour later, I told her about this and she was absolutely crushed. Her sister called me later and shrieked at me until she was hoarse about how horrible it was for me to do that to her. I couldn't get a word in and eventually just hung up. My phone kept getting blown up from texts, so I turned it off to go to the gym. I'm honestly afraid to turn it back on because I'm afraid of what will have been sent to me during the downtime, and I wonder if I owe her an apology or if I should stick to my guns here. 
I'm gonna say OP's not the jerk. I don't know all the specifics of if OP tried helping them and training for it, and like all the specifics of that, so maybe it's, you know, something that needs more information. But this was definitely a situation where they agreed to train for something that would take them a considerable amount of work apparently, and either failed to give updates or just didn't do any work towards it. It kind of sucks and it might hurt to hear, but I think OP's just being honest about the realties of the situation. And our final story of the day is by Asha Ween. Am I the jerk refusing to pay more for a salon service than initially quoted? I was visiting LA and booked a full head of highlights, $500, with a well-known colorist. Yes, it's pricey, but hey, when in Rome, I was quoted $500 and 3 hours when I booked the appointment online. Then the series of events went like this. I get to the appointment on time, I work remotely and took the day off to make this work. They inform me that they may not have the supplies to color my hair, but they're waiting for a delivery. We start the appointment 30 minutes late. I'm irritated, but at this point, I'm just happy to not have to reschedule. I tell the colorist I want to go as blonde as possible. For context, I have two-month grown-out golden blonde, professionally done highlights. My hair's not thick, curly, or long. I've been told my hair's fine, but I have a lot of it. We make a game plan. She says she can't get me platinum today as it could damage it, but we'll get as close as we can. She and her assistant go through foiling my hair. I've been getting salon highlights for about 20 years. From what I can tell, I'm getting a full head of highlights. At times, she stops to help other clients and comes back to me. At this point, I realize I'm going to be there all day. It's fine. After the hair is processed, they do a treatment in the shampoo bowl. I think it was a conditioning treatment. I wait another 30 minutes while that sits, followed by a gloss, sitting another 10 minutes, shampoo, and blowout. I'm there for 5 hours. Annoyed, but didn't say anything and just happy to be done. I'm happy about the result. She mentions that she's surprised how much my hair lifted, but it's likely because it's in good condition. I pay the $500 with my card on file and tip 20% in cash. She tells me when I'm back in LA to book again and she can get me lighter. Great. I decide not to book that day just so I can see how it looks over the next few weeks. I leave excited with my new hair. 20 minutes later, I have a voicemail from the salon saying they undercharged me. The price wasn't 500, it's actually 1000 for the service I had. I'm shocked. I freeze my credit card so they're unable to charge anything else. They start texting me saying the colorist was so busy she forgot to mention it to the front desk. They keep calling. I'm annoyed now since we never discussed a price increase, never mind two times what was originally quoted. Am I the jerk for refusing to pay? I had intended to sleep on it and just message them back in the morning with feedback on how this is bad business but they can charge my card. But now I really don't want to pay it. It would have been bad enough had they tried charging me a thousand when checking out, but I was already gone at this point. Also, if it was a hundred dollars more or something, sure, whatever, mistakes happen. But double the initial price? And I wasted my whole day off there. Most of it waiting around for color to process. As far as I know, it wasn't more work for her. I think OP is definitely not the jerk. This seems extremely scummy and... To me, it seems like a scam. I would not pay them, and I would try to avoid ever even having like contact with them again. They never told you at any step of the process that it was ever going to cost more than $500. You don't owe them anything. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. 
So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.